Section 20 of Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies, an Authentic Record of Remarkable Cases, by John B. Lewis and Charles C. Bombow. Mysterious Disappearances, Part 10. A Welsh Deserter. John Jones of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, was insured by the Fidelity Mutual Life Association under policy number 5616 for $2,000, issued through its Pittsburgh agency, dated August 25, 1883. The policy became forfeit through non-payment of premium due May 30, 1889. Under its terms, it could not be restored without a certificate of good health signed by the insured in person, subject to the approval of the president and medical directors. On June 4, 1889, the amount due was paid and health certificate was furnished. The signature attached to the health certificate did not correspond with the signature appended to the application, which aroused suspicion that the signature attached to the health certificate was not that of the insured. The officers of the association declined to restore the policy, and it was then admitted by the wife of the insured that she had signed the health certificate in perfect good faith, that her husband had left her some time before, that his whereabouts were unknown, and she agreed that the reinstatement should not be binding if it could subsequently be shown that her husband was not in good health, as stated in the health certificate, at the time it was executed. On the strength of such agreement, on the part of the wife of the insured, the policy was revived. No subsequent payment was made, and nothing further heard from the insured or beneficiary until April 1st, 1892, when a demand was made for the insurance money. It was alleged that on December 23rd, 1889, the insured, John Jones, was killed by a Pittsburgh, Virginia, and Charleston train at Hayes Station, Pennsylvania. His remains, however, were not at the time identified, and he was buried at the county's expense. Mrs. Jones claimed that two young men told her on December 20th, 1890, that her husband had been killed as above stated, and that thereupon she went to the coroner's office and immediately recognized the photograph of the remains of the man who had been killed by the train, as being her husband. She reported the discovery to friends, who likewise called at the coroner's office, and identified the picture of the man who was killed by the passing train, as a likeness of John Jones. The lapse of time between the accident and the discovery, and surrounding circumstances, led the association to make a careful investigation. As a result, payment of the alleged claim was denied. Suit was brought against the association, plaintiff being represented by Mr. Roddy Marshall of Pittsburgh. The association was roundly censured for its attempt to deprive the unfortunate widow and orphan children of their rights. A number of affidavits had been obtained by Mr. W.E. Gary, chief of the association's inspection service, showing that the insured, John Jones, had been seen alive and well after he was claimed to have been killed by the railroad train. With the aid of such affidavits, an attempt was made to convince the plaintiff and her counsel 
that the insured was alive, and that the suit should be dismissed. But Mrs. Jones would not be convinced, neither would her counsel, claiming that they could establish beyond a question of doubt that the man killed by the railroad train, who was unidentified for over a year, was no other than the insured John Jones. The association, on the other hand, was equally convinced that it was not he, that at the time he was alive and worked in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and it therefore proceeded to find him, which proved a difficult task. He had left his wife and did not wish to acquaint her with his whereabouts. He was finally traced to England, and on December 28, 1893, through the courtesy of an inspector of one of the Scottish offices, he was located on Dock Street, Newport, in the county of Monmouth, England. He made an affidavit, sworn to before Mr. F. S. Doncey, in which he gave full particulars of his departure from the United States, attaching a photograph as an exhibit, and established beyond doubt that he was the person insured by the Fidelity Mutual Life Association. On receipt of said affidavit and photograph, the latter was shown to people who were acquainted with Mr. Jones, and they without hesitation declared the photograph to be a picture of the insured. The following is a copy of the affidavit made by John Jones, December 29, 1893. In the matter of a suit alleged to be pending in the American courts between Martha Jones, plaintiff, and the Fidelity Mutual Life Association, defendants, I, John Jones, of Dock Street, Newport, in the county of Monmouth, England, laborer, and previously of several places in the United States of America, and for some time of Carson Street, Pittsburgh, in the said states, make oath and say as follows. 1. I was born in Crumlin, in the parish of Menendesland, in the county of Monmouth, on the 5th day of June, 1843, and my father was Thomas Jones, who was locally known as Thomas Jones, of Lanhillick Colliery, proprietor. 2. I was married to the above-named Martha Jones, then Martha Thomas, or Lloyd, at the residence of the Reverend William Ragg, Sankey's House, Sarah Street, Pittsburgh, aforesaid, in or about the year 1878, and lived with her off and on up to the years 1887 and 1888, when I left her, after being imprisoned for non-maintenance, I came to England in the year 1886, upon my father's death, and ultimately returned to my wife, and finally came back to England in 1891, where I have remained ever since. 3. I well remember having effected an insurance upon my life and in favor of my wife, the said Martha Jones, with the said Fidelity Mutual Life Association, at their office or agency in Pittsburgh, for $2,000, and I believe it was in the year 1883, and that the policy is numbered 5,616. I was medically examined by a stout practitioner at Allegheny City, but I forget his name. My wife always kept the policy, and as I could not get it from her, I declined to pay the premiums, and the policy ultimately lapsed, and I thought it had come to an end. I did not know that it had been renewed, and I have never signed or authorized to be signed for me any health certificate to procure its renewal. 4. During part of the year 1886, I was in England, as aforesaid, and in 1887 and 1888, I lived with my wife, 
the said Martha Jones, at Pittsburgh, and in the years 1889 to 1890 and 1891. I worked at various places in the States, amongst others, Scranton and Edwardsdale, Luzerne, Collinsville, Fayette County, and in 1891 came to England, as before stated. John Jones. Sworn at Newport in the county of Monmouth, England, this 29th day of December, 1893, before me, F.S. Donsey. A commissioner to administer oaths in the Supreme Court of Judicature in England. The affidavit could not be used in court, but it served its purpose in convincing the defendant association that John Jones was alive. A commission was issued to take the deposition of John Jones before a United States consul in England. The testimony given in the deposition confirmed the statements made in the affidavit. The case was called for trial in the Court of Common Pleas, number 3, Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, and after introducing in evidence the deposition of John Jones and other testimony showing that he was alive, the court, on October 9, 1894, granted a non-suit. It would have cost the Fidelity Association little, if any more, to have paid the fraudulent claim, which was resisted as a matter of principle. Repeated attempts were made by plaintiff's counsel to compromise the case, but the Defendant Association would entertain no proposition of compromise. End of section 20.